Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Good afternoon. I'm Sean Kreitz with Fort McMurray Matters. Today on the show, we're going to be joined by the one and only Brian Jean, our news director out of Mophis. He caught up with the man himself just over the weekend. So without further ado, we'll hop right into that interview. Now, uh, the vote is coming up here very soon, March 15th. Brian, first of all, can we just uh, have you just introduce yourself here and just let us know what it is that you're hoping to achieve? Well, it's Brian Jean, uh, Fort McMurray resident, 55 years, uh, focused on things that matter to Albertans is what I want to focus on. Uh, I want Albertans to be the healthiest, happiest, and most prosperous people on the planet, and I'm I think that's what it should be about for politicians, and I'm going to do whatever I can within the rules to get us there. No, that, that's a very safe. I can, I, you know what? And there's nothing that you said that I can disagree with there. Awesome. Well, then vote for me. <laughs> 100%. Just, uh, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but that's what that <laughs> yeah. means. You know, vote for me. Perfect. And, and now that prosperity and stuff, and you're running for, you know, represent uh, Fort McMurray, Lac Bish, and you, you've been living in this area a long time yourself. And now oil and gas um, always was on the forefront, but right now, especially what's going on uh, over in the East right now with the Ukraine war, oil and gas seems to be really on the spotlight now. Uh, do you have any comments on that? Like how, how things can change or how things have changed now of the world looking at oil and gas? Well, priorities <clears throat> certainly change and it's good to see some priorities change from, from buying oil from ruthless dictators that kill people, innocents all over the world and especially in their own countries or neighboring countries, uh, buying oil from them and other tyrants that treat women less than human should not be tolerated. We should, uh, we should use this as an example of what could take place in the future. I think people, politicians especially, that turn their back on other nations that are in uh, or under tyranny, uh, that's not acceptable. They have an opportunity to use economic sanctions. I was very upset when I noticed uh, that Russian oil was being bought by a large oil company and um, I don't think that's acceptable right now with what's happening in the world and how we're living and could live in peace with some economic pressures. Uh, I think that they should lead by example those international multi-conglomerates that uh, control so much of our lives especially when it comes to oil. It's They need to be held to account just like everybody else does and to you know, buy oil from a dictator that is killing people needlessly uh, just for some um, unknown reason or past historic reason is not acceptable. And and so to get this oil and gas, we've always got we got to ramp up production because if more places are going to be buying it from us, um, do you see like how we how we're going to deal with a, a possible labor shortage or, or getting people here to work? Well, this is such an opportunity. So we've done this now not once, not twice, but three times before in my lifetime that I've been here. Why couldn't we get it right this time and get off this economic roller coaster of oil prices and use other things like maybe a, a tank farm for uh, a large supply to you know make sure that we control the prices that are coming out of or coming back to us from the Americans. Why don't we use innovative ways to m move forward pipelines and, and other opportunities to get our product to market and make sure that we establish the guidelines now to do that during what I would consider to be a possible push for our product and uh, make sure that we change things with Ottawa so that we don't go back to where we were. I just can't see 
you know, a tanker band from, you know, Justin Trudeau and a uh, the blockade of Energy East. Those kind of things are not nation building, they're nation dividing. And we've got to stop that and start the other way. And now you had also mentioned... Um, uh, not to jump around too far here, but you had also mentioned just recently, I seen you had posted up on social media, uh, you know, talking about fertilizer, for instance. So the thing about diversifying economy is always, you know, a key word for all politicians. And so how do you feel that diversification of the economy, how can we do that? What many people forget is that the oil sands, which is a huge gift to us, is actually a feedstock for many different types of products many different types of industries and many different types of futures. So we have an opportunity with that to sell it to the world and identify what future we want. And I think that future should look beyond, beyond uh, transportation and look beyond you know, transportation-based fuel products. We should look at opportunities for plastics and um, you know, everything from your cell phone to most of the things in this room are made from oil and I think we have to look at the opportunity to to use our uh, pipelines our tra uh, rail lines and our natural resources to employ Canadians and uh, Albertans especially over the next uh, many generations the oil is gonna last it's just what do we do with it when we take it out of the earth there's so many options let's pick the right ones and now there are uh, like climate change or at least, you know, the world and government trying to make strides to work on environmentally uh, friendly initiatives. Now, how can we have like or at least can oil and gas and environmentally friendly, can those two things coexist? Well, they are coexisting. We're the leader in the world right now on making sure that we strive towards net zero and some people believe in it some people don't what I believe is that in order to sell our product to the world we need to be an example and we need to for sure make sure the rest of the world follows that example and if they don't then we should leave it like Russian oil in the ground but otherwise we need to make sure we get our product to market uh, we do it better than anybody else on the planet and we employ people and keep the money with the people better than anybody else on the planet so listen more oil is better for the world if it comes from Fort McMurray. Well said. Now, this uh, by-election, some have been claiming that this by-election is possibly one of the most important that there has been in a while, or at least ever, and in, uh, in this area. Uh, why do you assume, like, or why do you, uh, why would you say this by-election is so important? Well, this is the most important by-election in my life it's the first one I've been in. Uh, no, truthfully, it's a very important by-election because it, it gives us the opportunity to renew the UCP. Um, people know today, and they've seen it for the last year, that if something is not done, the NDP are going to win an overwhelming majority, and that is, to me, unacceptable. And to my community, it should be unacceptable as well. As I said during the debate recently, you know, if you're going to vote NDP in this election, you might as well put a for sale sign on your house and tell the person that you're going to take 30% under market price because that's what they're going to do to our economy here in Fort McMurray. I'm here to protect the jobs of everyday Albertans, making sure that the jobs stay here in Alberta for Albertans and making sure that tax money stays here that Albertans work for and goes to roads and schools and hospitals and bridges and other things that are really important to the people that live in Alberta. Uh, you may notice a theme here. I think that there's a a wrong focus by governments and you know they're looking at supporting the country well 
That's very nice, but when we live, I had a a mayor of a large city in my riding, a large uh, town in my riding recently say, Brian, why are we so rich and supply so much for the country and yet so poor? I mean, it's the truth. The potholes and, you know, some infrastructure is good, but we still have huge holes in our infrastructure and we need to fill those and we should live better than anybody else in the world. We should have the best healthcare. We should have the best education. There, There should be no place in Alberta that has the quality of what we should have here in Fort Memory Lacklevish. I truly believe that. And, you know, there are other significant places around the province, but if we build up this place and build up the quality of life here, so many other Albertans are going to feel the value of that because it's going to come back to them in huge returns on their investment with oil sands royalties and, and all of the other things that come from government investments. We bring a lot of money to the table, and we need to make sure that we have the quality of life to keep people here. I think, for instance, oil sand offices from the plant sites uh, should be moved to downtown Fort McMurray. Why not? We have a we have an issue right now. Not just city employees should move downtown. Not just provincial employees should move downtown and retake those offices that they're paying for every month. Well, we're paying for. Um, they should move back down there and reinvigorate the downtown. And And I was glad to see uh, Suncor slash Syncrude do the same thing. Now, let's move your buildings down there. Let's not make it temporary. Let's make it permanent. Let's build a downtown that you and your employees want to visit and stay at and have lunch at and dinner at and go out with their respective others at. Why can't we have a great place here? That's what I don't understand, and that's what I want to focus on. And Lacklebish feels the same way. Once again, it's our news director, Adam Ophis, with Brian Jean on Fort McMurray Matters today, taking our first break, but we'll be right back. We'll return in a moment to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Sean Kreitz. We're going to hop right back into our interview with Brian Jean that our news director Adam Ophis did just over the weekend. And you know what? Kind of just uh, jumping on board with that as well, because Fort McMurray is, it is very unique. I mean, it is basically, it's like its own little island out here in Alberta. So how is there ways that uh, that you will help maybe help look at or help to connect Fort McMurray to uh, the rest of the province or to the rest of uh, you know, our neighboring province as well? Well, for sure. I've. It's no secret that I, I'm a big believer in the road to La Loche since the 80s and being the pre- president of the Downtown Business Association and a director of the chamber, I thought the road to La Loche would be a great connection for our our indigenous friends as well as a great connection for our economy because there's a ton of workers in northern Saskatchewan that would love to not drive six hours here. Instead, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, I could be over on this side. Um, I think that would be a, a great thing. I also think that the opportunity to have a, a road that goes on the the east side of the city and then goes across the west side all the way to Grand Prairie would be fantastic too. Um, I don't know when the economy would afford something like that, but I certainly think it should be a priority looked at by the provincial government. I also think that maybe what we should do is focus on fixing what we have. I went down Highway 63 just a few days ago and I was, you know, frankly, it was the terriblest road I've ever seen in my lifetime in Alberta. Just never seen anything like that before. Um, It was dangerous to be honest. Um, and um, I think we need to fix that, but also we have to look at other things, uh, uh, paving the road around the lake in Lac Labiche, like just things that make the value of people's lives better, quality of life better, so they can go camping. And um, I'd like to look at regulations on campsites and making sure that more people have access to outdoor activities, whether it's quadding or RVing, safely, 
and not annoying other people, but there should be more opportunity. We have tons of bush here. Who does that belong to? Same as the oil sands. It belongs to the people of Alberta. More should stay here and the quality of life should be better as a result of it. It's something we can offer people that move here. We can't offer them the, the big city stuff, but we, you know, if you offer them that stuff and you improve the downtown and have those restaurants during the day that make money and at night maybe they don't make as much money, but those, that, those options for people make your life better. And there's no reason why we shouldn't have it. Small towns all over Alberta and Canada have lots of choices on restaurants and clothing stores and shoe stores and we do not have that here and it's shameful and it's because in my opinion of government interference I'm I don't think this would have happened if the government the local government didn't do what they did uh, years ago in in the arena purchase quote-unquote um, you know they put the cart before the ho- horse and maybe the purpose was good and noble but their their business decision making was terrible and we're suffering as a result uh, well you know what actually speaking of that because i know it has been a complaint from people in this area for a while of having to uh basic medical procedures had five hours to edmonton for their basic medical procedures and because of this island that we're on and certain uh you know things aren't being fulfilled for them uh, like how uh, with medical care because the last two years with the pandemic really highlighted some issues that the uh, healthcare system in Alberta has had. Is there anything that, uh, like, have you, you know, would you do to assist, to, to help with EMT and nurses and doctors uh, shortages and just everything to revolve around healthcare? Like, well, just like uh, healthcare is a, such a huge part of our budget, you know, up in the upper 40s um, as far as a percentile, which means over $20 billion a year we spend on healthcare here. And that's the most expensive healthcare, one of the most expensive in the world by far per capita. And, uh, and we get really low results. Um, you can look at the OECD countries and we're down on the bottom, you know, 33rd on, on outputs and outcomes and uh, most expensive or second most expensive. And I don't think that's acceptable. And I think most Albertans should recognize that it's time for a change. I've been, I've been saying for a long time that AHS is broken. It's a broken system. It's not the people inside of it. It's not the nurses. It's not the doctors. It's not even the professionals. It's just they're in constraints and they're in handcuffs trying to make changes that are going to save people's lives. And uh, those handcuffs are the same ones that are the budget constraints on certain items. And, you know, going through certain union procedures that sometimes may not be helpful. Um, and, you know, we hear it on the ground. You have to listen to the people that are actually working it. Does AHS need to be fixed? It does. It needs to be localized and regionalized, and there has to be a, a competitive solution to AHS within AHS. Um, and I think that has to be done on a regional basis to make sure that, you know, that money follows the patient, that outcomes then follow the money. And uh, if, if we could do that, uh, should we have the best health care in the, in the world? Yes. Uh, does it mean it has to be the most expensive in the world? Not necessarily, but it might. I don't mind uh, paying for what we get as long as we get the best. We have money um, galore, uh, most of it going to Ottawa and uh, and to other jurisdictions that people pay taxes in and actually reside in, not here. So think about that when you, you know the next time you look at that one of thirty or forty planes that leave the the. The uh, all the aerodomes around Fort McMurray with two hundred and fifty thousand dollar salaries, you know, forty, fifty, a hundred people, a hundred and fifty people in them, and uh, all that money going to another province. Like it's not everybody. Lots of them, fifty percent or so, are from Alberta, but fifty percent are not. That's a lot of money going to other provinces to pay for their highways, their hospitals, their schools, and they don't care about us. 
So, you know, I say, if it's not going to be a local worker, leave it in the ground. My kids and my grandkids will be there to dig it out in 100 years. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I'd rather that than have it go somewhere else to another jurisdiction in our country. Forget that. It's time we took a stand. I like that. And, and so taking a stand has kind of been a, uh, a theme, I'd almost say, uh, of yours uh, so far during, uh, during your campaign that you've been running. And I just want to first jump to the by-election, and, and that is it was also different in a way that um, it wasn't called to the very last minute uh, by Premier Jason Kenney. Now, do you have any thoughts on, on that? Like, because had it been called sooner, this election already would have you know, been over and called by now. Uh, do you have any thoughts on it being called so so late, so last minute? That was Mr. Kenny's uh, decision on what to do there, but um, I don't know if it's ever been done before. But I take it as a compliment. And and to kind of uh, uh, speak of uh, uh, Premier Jason Kenny as well, because um, it's been thought like people have been tossing around the thing that um, whether it's true or not, but this is just you know. C- uh, competition have been saying this. Uh, some on social media have been saying this. Some news sites have been saying it, and and that is there is a worry that your focus might be on the internal struggle in the UCP more than of the people of Fort McMurray Lackland. <laughs> That's funny. Um, uh, you know what? I heard the NDP pushing that as well. Listen, if I get to be, uh, we have one chance to replace Jason Kenny. It's on April the ninth. If you don't buy a membership by March 19th and register for the UCP Leadership Review of April 9th, by March 19th, you're not going to participate. But if you do, we have a chance to change our premier right now within six months so that we might actually win the next election against the NDP. You know, I'm swimming to a sinking boat. Everybody knows that boat is like almost down on the ocean floor. And I'm trying to bail it out as fast as I can by trying to renew it, by trying to get excitement in it, by getting people to buy memberships in it. Now, recently, they, you know, disallowed Jody Gateman from running. Tim, the candidate from Rocky, Rimby, Rocky Mountain House, they've, they you know, disqualified him, a good man that had been the Reeve before and was well-known in conservative circles, Tim Hoven. I've met him. He's actually a very nice gentleman. He's a very nice gentleman. And both of those people, they disqualified because their candidates were going to lose because they haven't been representing their people. Disgusting. That is trying to take power at any length, and it's unacceptable. And you know, you know what we need to do is Albertans need to go onto the website of the UCP and buy a membership for 10 bucks, register for 99 bucks, show up on April 9th and join me and toss this guy out before the NDP win the next election. Because that's what's going to happen. Otherwise, everybody knows it. Even Jason Kenney knows it. In his heart, he knows the best thing to do for him is to step down, to step aside so that we can have an active leadership race and renew the UCP. Must be why he's got a new radio show he's uh he's trying out for his next job i thought you know that would make sense right politician and radio host daniel smith and you know there's been a few others i i haven't quite heard it yet we'll see see how good he is see if he uh end up I, taking my I job i bet you i bet you he's i bet you he's uh, gonna be great 
So he he has uh, just to keep on because while we're on the topic, we'll just keep her going, and and that is um, because he has recently, you know, when it all came up, he decided to eventually uh, back the truckers in the Freedom Convoy. He has recently uh, lifted uh, public health mandates and uh, in the province. Uh, is that not enough to say? You know what? Maybe he's maybe he's learning. Maybe he he can do this. Maybe keep him around. Well, the one thing about COVID is. It has, you know, captured the attention of everyone and overshadowed everything, almost. But if you take yourself back before COVID, there was a series of very terrible decision-making processes and decisions made by Jason Kenney before this. It's not just COVID, but COVID certainly brought forward that he made a lot of terrible decisions and he doesn't make good decisions. I'm not going to debate, you know, what's going to happen with Jason Kenney. I'm... I'm going to do what people have asked me to do on Facebook and on social media, and what they've asked me to do is step forward to give people hope that there could be somebody different other than the Jason Kenney leading the UCP in the next year that has a chance to win the next election against the NDP, because otherwise the NDP are going to destroy this province. And people say that a lot on my social media. And if people don't know what I stand for, especially in Fort McMurray, which is my home and which I love, go to briangene.ca. I've written over two dozen articles on where I see the path forward for Alberta in our best interests. And I welcome people to go on there, give me comments, give me criticisms. The one thing about me is I'm always accessible and I'm always open to listen to other people and their opinions. It's important. I think leadership is about that. Once again, Brian Jean and our news director, Adam Ophis, on the interview today. Going to take our second break and we'll hop right back into it. We'll return in a moment to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hardigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Hey, welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Sean Kreitz. Hope you're having a lovely Monday so far. Just going to hop right back into our interview with our news director, Adam Ophis and Brian Jean. Yeah, like you mentioned, since uh, the Premier has kind of his own radio show, we'll leave his... Uh, Stuff on there. He's already your got competition, Adam. Your punk competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's already got it. He's got enough uh, radio uh, coverage there. So we'll leave it for that. And I wanted to jump over to keeping higher education jobs in Alberta, and that is, you know, trying to avoid uh, a term that's been deemed it's brain drain is when higher education jobs end up leaving, and that is to keep teachers, keep doctors, and and keep these higher education jobs in Alberta because. It had for a little while there seen an exodus. So how do we get those? We have to work back? with our educational institutes, and it's the same as healthcare. It doesn't matter wh- whether you're working with doctors or nurses or lawyers. These are all provincially regulated professions, and we need to make sure that the people that live here, that get educated, well, first of all, the people that live here should be the ones that are educated here as a priority. And those that are educated here as a priority should then be working here as a priority in the public sector jobs, especially here in Alberta. And if they're not, then we should really rethink our education system and whether or not we want to be subsidizing foreign students that come here to Alberta and are in the education process, but are actually taking spots that belong to Albertans. And I'm I'm a big believer in that. I think we should have um, Albertans uh, stay here in Alberta because they're the ones, you know, the people that want to, grew up here in Fort McMurray or grew up in Fort Chippewan or, or Lac La Viche or different places around Alberta. They're the people that are most likely going to live there and raise a family there and, you know, have their grandparents there and grandkids there. I mean, th- those are the people that establish it. But it, <clears throat> if you have to leave to be a doctor or leave to be a lawyer or leave to be a veterinarian or, you know, that's not a good situation, especially when it's a government-regulated profession and 
you know, if we want more lawyers here in Fort McMurray, believe it or not, you can have them. And I know most people don't want more lawyers. Uh, but same with doctors. There's no difference. It's a regulated profession by the province. And if we want more doctors, we have to four years uh, ago say we want more doctors in four years and, or seven years, depending on what you want, and get them now. And I think working with educational institutes is the only way to do it successfully, and we have to change the focus. And it's not just about pushing people out of the school. It's about making sure we educate Albertans and get them out of the school into Alberta jobs. And, you know, to stay on the topic about getting more people into Alberta and getting more people into Fort McMurray, Lac La Biche, and the surrounding areas as well, and, and that is housing. Because I know there, yes, there, there are vacancies for people to move in, but some costs are too high for some people, or, or some places don't have enough vacancies. Like, how, how do we deal with uh, housing issues? Well, I don't think there's many problems with getting housing in Fort McMurray right now, except, you know, for people that are, you know, on the street, uh, homeless. Um, I know some people always are going to have social issues and that's not you know my heart goes out to them and you know whether they're going through a divorce or whether they've lost a house in a fire uh, or in a flood and I understand those issues particularly there's but uh, for the most part we have uh, the cheapest housing in North America right now uh, and it's the best opportunity to come and buy a house in in the world or in sorry North America is Fort McMurray so if you want a great investment come to Fort McMurray buy a condo for you know thirty to eighty thousand dollars that's two bedroom two bath and cost three hundred thousand dollars to build like, it's no secret that people can buy a condo here for fifty, sixty, seventy thousand. You go to the towers, uh, you can buy a three bedroom place for I've I've seen them as low as seventy thousand dollars. Three bedroom, two floors. Um, you know, sure, uh, there's challenges everywhere you live, but I'm just saying the the cost of housing is not very much here. And uh, I would say to people that want to stay in Fort McMurray, which I hope that everybody is that's listening to this call wants to stay in Fort McMurray permanently. Um, now's the time to buy. Buy a condo. Even if you're not going to live in that condo very long, the rise in price of the condo will be something you can then put in as equity into your house if you're going to stay. And it helps you to get in the market. So you're in the market when it's low. So when it moves up, it doesn't matter what size you're in the market for, you'll get, you'll, rising tides lift all boats. And it's no different in the housing market. And I want to jump over to another, another keyword that uh, gets really pushed around in the last uh, five, ten years. It's really been big in the government and companies, and like, it's just a big word, transparency. What to you does transparency look like on a government level? I think you have to have, with transparency, you always have to have accountability. The two go hand in hand to me, and, and transparency is making sure you have an open book process so people can see and examine things that you're done or do, especially with money. And I, you know, nobody can fault that. I think that's very important. I do it with my own books. I, you know, with my own businesses, I make sure I remain accountable, accountable to other people um, and transparent to other people. Um, making sure you're accountable means that the people that you serve, whether it be a shareholder or your family or your spouse or your kids, uh, in that particular issue, it, it matters that you're accountable to them for what you promised them you'll do. And uh, I think it's no different for politicians. Remain accountable. Uh, remain transparent, and one leads to a lot more of the other. And I encourage both to be done by your government. Um, is there ways uh, for you, let's, if you were to get uh, voted in, how would you open up your transparency to, uh, to the people that voted for you uh, in the areas you know, Fort McMurray, Lac La Biche? Like how, how will you keep that dialogue open? Well, I think it's not about that. The government has very good checks and balances on w whether or not people are meeting with lobbyists, for instance, or are getting money on the side. I disclose everything uh, over the last 
uh, three years especially as the leader of the opposition they know everything that I own or ever owned um, and everything that I thought about owning pretty much so that's not a problem I think where it's important is in the government uh, departments themselves and uh, people need to know that 40 million dollars um, is not just 40 zero 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 with you know three other zeros up in the margin. $40 million is a lot of money because people pay taxes on that $40 million to get that $40 million. And I think too easily people say, oh, that's just uh, $20 million for that office and $30 million for that office and we'll just do that as a favor to this person or that or we'll just try, let's, let's study this and see, you know, f- money does not come easy to people. And the higher people's taxes, is, it doesn't matter who they are and what tax level they are, they're going to pay for it. That's just the way taxes are. Everybody's responsible whether they're free riders or not. You're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it in a lousy road or a lousy transit system or no daycare. Like, you know, but Adam, another thing I want to mention is indigenous housing, which is important. And I met recently with uh, Métis leaders, and, and I'm glad to see that a lot of uh, people, especially oil companies, are looking at the opportunities with our indigenous partners and, and doing that. I think that's really important. And I think those houses... And those housing relationships will last for a long time after uh, even the oil companies are gone. So I'm, I'm, I wanted to mention that because I have seen, uh, I have seen some real movement there over the years. I've seen, obviously I've been in the community a long time. I've seen different things, and I'm glad to see they're moving to um, housing both on reserve and off reserve for uh, Indigenous and also for Métis, uh, you know, in the community. So I just wanted to mention that because I've seen some action there. Uh, no, I'm actually uh, really glad you brought that up. Great that, time for people to buy is what I'm trying to say. Yes. <laughs> if they've got money, especially the you know Aboriginals, Indigenous people, buy some houses. A great time to buy houses in Fort McMurray in the area. And and no, I, I do definitely appreciate you bringing that up because that is uh, with reconciliation and uh, you know, Fort McMurray is... Uh, from everything that I've seen so far, has kept a, a very good uh, communication relationship with I the agree. indigenous people I around. Um, uh, do you plan, and how do you plan on, on keeping that communication and relationship open and friendly? Well, this is sort of goes to your last question, which I wasn't avoiding. Um, it's about communication and making sure the access is there for the people. You know, I've always I had one of the biggest writings in Canada for a while when I was a federal MP, and what I did was I made sure that I had an office in Athabasca and an office in Fort McMurray, and I had to stretch my staffing resources, but I made sure I did that so that the people in the South would have access to me, and you know, I'm going to have to do the same thing again. I have to make sure that I have an access point in Lakovish for people to meet with me when I'm down there, and also that they feel they can get some satisfaction. So it's about making sure that you, you know, keep open door policy. Um, I've always said to my staff, I want you to be there before eight and after five uh, to six because a lot of people don't get off at work at certain times and make sure that, you know, you keep communication with people and get things done when they come into your office. They, you work for them. You don't work for me. If uh, they have a complaint for you, I'm going to know about it. And, and I usually do. And I, frankly, I've had incredible staff. Uh, they've done excellent work for me over the years and excellent work for the people. Well, you basically already covered it, but I'm going to like just ask anyway, and that is when people get to the polling station, they have their card, why should they check off Brian Jean? Because I'm the best choice, and they have that choice. And they've seen it not just by way of maybe he's not the best choice. They've seen it by we've had 15 years to see where his heart is and where his mind is. My heart is here, and my mind is with them. So... I think that's why they should vote for me because they've seen it a track record. Not only that, I'm not I'm not running to be just their MLA. I'm running to be the premier of this province, and uh, in doing so, I am their MLA, and I'm honored to be their MLA. But I'm a lifetime resident, so 
if I can be premier of this province and we can get a premier from Fort McMurray, let's face it, uh, we're going to have somebody from this region that's been in the, between Fort McMurray and Lac La Biche since the 70s, and, and we're going to have somebody that understands the people, that's lived amongst the people, that has huge family connections, not just uh, in Fort McMurray and Lac La Biche, but also in the indigenous, in three indigenous groups around um, you know, my nieces and nephews. So I've got uh, deep, deep connections, uh, both business-wise, and, and, I, and I, uh, I think I'm the right choice because I will work for them. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Brian. Thanks, I Adam. really do appreciate it. I no honestly do. There you have it. There's Brian Jean with our news director, Adam Opus, on Fort McMurray Matters. If you missed some of the interview or if you want to re-listen to it all, you can head on over to our website, mix1037fm.com. Click on the News tab, find Fort McMurray Matters, and you will find this episode posted shortly. If you want to listen to past episodes, you can download any podcast app, whether it's from the Google Play Store or from the Apple App Store. And you can download uh, the podcast right from there, Fort McMurray Matters. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we'll chat later. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at mix1037fm.com. Brought to you by Colin Hardigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7.